everybody. Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. I am your co-host, Kevin, here with my usual co-host, Jason. What's up, buddy? Um, well, it's Bucky and Diamond, um, but I'm doing well. And you're listening to the Midnight Terrors podcast. That you are, that you are. And we're excited to be here. We have a special guest here this evening. Uh, actually, one of the co-hosts of my all-time favorite podcast, Horror Movie Night, which I've name-dropped many times on our show, I think. Uh, we'd like to welcome Mr. Matt, who is one of the co-hosts of Horror Movie Night. What's up, Matt? Hey, Kevin. Uh, I obviously, as soon as you contacted me, I'm like, I know this name. I see this name all the time on our <laughs> social media feed. So this is cool to to see you face to face finally. Yeah, absolutely. I or as face to face as the internet allows. Yeah, <laughs> close <laughs> enough. Close enough. Uh, but yeah, I've been listening to Horror Movie Night since like 2017 now, so almost six years. Uh, I just. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't wrap my head around the fact that I have a show that's been around for that long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like right. we're 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 closing in. We're halfway through year nine. <laughs> I know that's so crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna have a I... podcast that's in the double digits. I never <laughs> dreamed something could happen. Oh hell well, yeah! I, well, I think when we I think when we started talking about doing our podcasts, I think one of the first things that uh, Bucky said was, "Oh man, I I love this horror movie." you know, podcast and, uh, you know, I would, I would love to do something like that. And so, yeah, nice. you've been on his mind for quite a while. True. True. Wow. Oh, it's <laughs> good to be on somebody's. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I That's think, what uh, we say too. We're like, Oh, somebody listens to us. Oh, yeah. Great. Someone cares. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I think I just searched horror podcasts uh back then and you guys just popped up and i was like oh, i'll start here at the bottom with wolf cop and like it was just all over from there i was cracking up the whole time and was just dedicated at that time you've been through you've been through three co-host changes <laughs> you <laughs> constantly shifting audio quality <laughs> like <laughs> you, you've seen it through thick and thin the fact that no one had taken the name is like one of the things that still sh like breaks my brain. Like when we were like, oh, what if we named it Horror Movie Night? And I was like, <laughs> someone had to have taken that name already. And then mm -hmm. looking and being like, no, all right. Well, then <laughs> let's go for it. Like, I, I, I genuinely think that 99% of the people that find us are literally just because our name is great for SEO. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> like, it's the only thing that makes sense because like Scott, Kyle, and I, are all kind of nobodies like like we're we're in like the tiniest of niches you know what i mean like kyle makes incredible short films mm -hmm. like hey what's your guys favorite short film director you know what I mean? like <laughs> scott makes a hyper specific type of music like it's like <laughs> and i and i just have more podcasts than than any human being should be allowed to have so like it's like we're 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 like very it's like being famous for being in like the guinness book of world records like <laughs> we've got we've got like fame in the most microscopic way but somehow right. our powers combine and people care about our <laughs> podcast yeah no it's a <laughs> it's a great show and i think i owe at least you and scott uh an apology because back in 2019 i i was lucky enough but i guess unlucky on your side to pick uh boogeyman 2 for you you are the boogeyman 2 guy <laughs> oh that's still one of the worst ones we've ever watched yeah. Man, I should have picked something way worse than this. <laughs> yeah, you, you got off have. easy. I did. I did. Uh, well, I know you guys have uh, 
suffered through some bad movies. So I think, uh, you know, circling around a sleepaway camp is uh, will be a nice break, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Bucky and all of our other podcast friends uh, take their time to torture me. They they pick movies that they're like, they're like, Diamond's going to hate this. <laughs> <laughs> and then they forced me to watch it. So, no, I just it was so funny when I was texting Kevin to figure this out. I had a movie in my head. I was like. I said, what would you recommend I go by on like deciding what to pick? But in my head, I was like, I want to do the Frighteners. <laughs> and. And he wrote back and he's like, well, our most recent guest just did the Frighteners. And I literally <laughs> wanted to throw something across the room. I was, so, I was like, son of a bitch. Like, because that is and I've said this on the show before. Frighteners is the movie that made me like horror movies. I was afraid to watch horror movies, but I loved Michael J. Fox. So I was like, I've got to watch Frighteners because it's got Michael J. Fox. How bad could it be? And it's pretty tame. My mom still to this day swears it's a PG-13 horror movie because she does not like horror movies. It's one of the only ones that she can watch. I've heard her recommend it to like people with little kids. Where she's like, <laughs> it's great. It's just like Ghostbusters or like Hocus Pocus. I'm like, well, it's a little bit more violent and sexual than <laughs> either of those movies. But yeah, like it's it's a pretty tame movie. And I remember I showed the story is I showed that movie to my cousin David. Uh, who was older than me, and he was like, if you can handle this, I think you could handle Scream. And then he showed me Scream, and it was like off to the races from there. But yeah. if I had never, I don't know, if I had never rented Frighteners, I don't know if I would have ever gotten to that point. So I, I give well, Frighteners funny. a lot of credit. <clears throat> it's funny, because on, on our episode, we talked about it, um, because actually when I was, when I was not crazy young, but I, I might have been 12, 13 years old. And it's like my favorite person to hang out with is my Aunt Lynn. And, uh, you know, I would go and stay with her all the time. And uh, she loved the Frighteners. And she showed it to me for the first time. And it was kind of like this thing is just like every time I hang out with Aunt Lynn, we watch the Frighteners. And we still yeah. do it. I'm <laughs> I'm almost 40 now. And it's still every time I go to Aunt Lynn's, she's like, hey, you want to sit down and watch Frighteners? And I'm like, hell yeah, I do. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I've seen it like 20 million times. So I but you know what? There's a, it's a great to, movie. It, it's amazing. It's an amazing movie. Uh, there's a little bit of history to this particular pick, though, for me, um, because I got into horror movies. I obviously watch all the classics. I watched Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, all of that. And those movies have elements of cheesiness or campiness or whatever. Um, but this, I remember watching Sleepaway Camp for the first time and it really unlocking the like so bad it's good part of my brain that I that I didn't know existed. And I think that this movie is an actually well-crafted mm -hmm. movie. It's that the technical know-how doesn't fully meet the demand of of the production. And this is like, I mean, we live in a world where there's films like Birdemic and and Room where like now anybody can make a movie. Anybody can grab a camera and make a movie. So like so the level of like inability to execute what they're trying to achieve is I mean that the bar's on the floor. You know what I mean? Like anybody <laughs> anybody with an iPhone can shoot a full movie if they want. But like this was of a time where like you still had to know a little bit of something. 
to be able to like get camera stock and get locations and like film a thing. So it's like this movie does this interesting balance where it's like you can have something that I think is so artistic, like this weird pseudo dreamlike flashback of Angela and her brother sitting on a bed staring at each other. Um, that's like symbolic and smart, but then you can simultaneously have an actor who shaved his mustache. So now he needs electrical tape under his nose for the ending of the movie so that he matches the way he looked <laughs> earlier in the movie. Like, like it's, it's, that, it's that it's such a fine line that it works. And, and I think that's, I mean, I liked trauma. I liked full moon pictures. Those movies feel so different to me than what sleepaway camp ultimately is like full moon pictures. They're just like shooting out shit for, for a product. You know what I mean? Like, and I love those, like the nineties full moon features are unbelievable, but they're just like cranking them out. And there's not a lot of passion and love for it. And like the trauma stuff, like there is passion and love in time, but it's, it's so focused on like, this is cheesy. This is shocking. This is blank and a very specific style. This is one of the first movies yeah. I can really think of in horror, especially in like the slasher genre where they are, they are sincerely trying to make a movie. And I think they're trying to make a movie that in their heart of hearts, they think that it's saying something and they do think that it's funny. Like, it's not like they're making like a completely serious movie, but just like, everything that could go wrong while making this movie for them seems to have gone wrong. <laughs> and, and they ended up making a great product. Yeah, I, well, people, yeah. people revisit this movie for decades because it's so memorable and like, it, it almost feels more important than it is. Kind of to your point, like at that time, like you didn't have digital, you couldn't film anything on the iPhone or, you know, you didn't have that option. So these guys are paying money for, you know, probably 35 millimeter film. And yeah. that's not cheap. It's very expensive. No, um, and, the, and the props and the makeup and the special effects, like all look pretty good. Like the skin yeah, blistering after he has the water poured on him looks phenomenal. Like, oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. probably the cheapest, shittiest effect is the like jump cut of the arrow going through his throat. Like it's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> just, like magically appears. But like beyond that, like, like the dead body of the kid in the canoe looks so good. Like even like the, yeah, the, yeah. the body covered with bees looks really good. Um, Do you want to hear an absolutely amazing story about this movie though? Oh, please. Sure. So uh, your listeners probably don't know this. I don't even know if you know this, Kevin, I'm sure you've heard it on the show, but, you know, beyond Horror Movie Night, I host six other weekly shows and I produce a ton of other shows for other people. Mm-hmm. And one of the shows that I really love doing is a show called Alyssa Explains It All. It's hosted by Alyssa Lube, who was a contestant on The Circle on Netflix. Um, and it's it's kind of like a sex therapist show, but it also gets into just like life stuff. But it's funny at times. It's it's very informative and educational at times. Anyway, Alyssa and I's friendship stemmed from her being on a different show that I produced and her and I hitting it off on horror movies because she's like a huge horror movie buff. She got casted in the circle when she was living in L.A. trying to make it as a special effects 
and makeup person, specifically <laughs> wanting to do horror movies. She said it was Pan's Labyrinth and Hellbound Hellraiser 2 were the two things that made her want to pursue that career. Oh, nice. Um, and, now, oh, wow. and now she's doing this stuff. But one of her odd jobs, because when you live in L.A., you got to take whatever weird jobs come your way to pay rent. She was she was Lance Bass's personal assistant from yeah. NSYNC. <laughs> uh, apparently, Lance Bass is a huge horror movie buff. And when she was at his house, he found out that she had never seen Sleepaway Camp. And he was like, Sleepaway <laughs> Camp, that's my favorite horror movie. And like made her watch it with him. So her first experience watching Sleepaway Camp was in Lance Bass's home. Sitting wow. next to Lance Bass. I was like, that is, I like, I almost that's hate that I've seen this movie for the first time now. I'm jealous of her experience. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, I I mean, it's definitely a movie I think you remember the first time that you, that you saw it. And this is kind of full circle for me because I found the movie through horror movie night i was working my way through got to episode 50 and i was like sleepaway camp never never heard of that but summer camp slashers i'm all about because i getting into horror i was all about the friday the 13th movies and going forward now i actually kind of enjoy this movie a lot more than the friday the 13th movies because like (laughs) the characters just stand out more it's more it's actually more of a compelling story there are so few forgettable characters in this movie like (laughs) like it is (laughs) It is such a well fleshed out cast of characters. You know what I mean? Like the camp director, like iconic. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, the- before before we get super into that, <laughs> um, I will just say that uh, Bucky will take your movie advice more than he'll take mine. So f him for that. <laughs> Fair Ooh, I want to know what the story is behind that. <laughs> we so like I said, we're we're brothers in law, and there's like a nine, eight or nine year difference between us. Uh, so I'm thirty, mm-hmm. Jason. You're thirty nine, right? Thirty nine. Yep. Mm-hmm. So getting into horror when I did, I found like all the early two thousand stuff, and then later on when uh, Jason and I got close, is when he would be like okay, I'm going to be like your curator and show you all these different horror movies. So he would do exactly that and sit me down and like, watch this, watch this, watch this, showed me all the Rob Zombie stuff. um, And, you know, just all sorts of movie picks. But like, as I got older, I get to the point where I'm like, okay, trying out this movie, that movie. And then Jason will call me. And basically the reason the podcast exists is because we would just have hours of phone conversation talking about the movies we watched. And we're like, well, let's put it in front of an audience. And Jason would always be like, dude, you got to see this. I grew up watching it all the time. I love it. You'll you'll love it. And I'll be like, yeah, I'll check it out. And then months go by and I never do. And now it, we have the podcast that forces me to. So it kind of worked you, out. Well, well, there you go with that. I mean, yeah, these... but, then, but then but then, I got, oh, Matt said this movie was cool. I'm going to watch this one. <laughs> and I'm like, I've been so telling true. you to watch a movie for like a month. And you Matt's in school, so whatever. Well, I appreciate that you trust my <laughs> my specific recommendations because I feel like I have the worst track record of the hosts <laughs> as far as picking movies. But I I do think that like there's something to be said about these movies that work, right? And like movies that work, horror films that like stick in your head. You either have to have the iconic villain. Or like we said, the likable characters, the likable mm-hmm. people at the camp. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, I 
and this is this is my like most recent crusade and uh, i'm starting to see this happen but um you know everyone hated halloween 3 now everybody mm-hmm. loves halloween 3 everybody hated nightmare on elm street 2 now everybody loves nightmare on elm street 2 like there's these movies that get reevaluated over time i am waiting and you know i don't know when this is coming out but let's just say that I'll be talking about this movie in more depth in a couple months. Um, Friday the 13th, part five. I'm waiting for the reevaluation on this movie because I truly believe as much as people want to complain that it's not Jason, it's not, you know, there's a lot of things to not like. It is the most brutal of the Friday the 13th movies as far as the kills go. The kills are gnarly. Mm -hmm. I also genuinely think it's some of the most memorable people (laughs) that they've ever put in that movie. Cause you have like yep. the hillbillies in the woods and you've got like <laughs> the kid who gets chopped up because he won't share his candy bar. Like, like <laughs> there's so many, there's the punk girl that's doing the robot in her bedroom. Like yep. there's just so many weird, memorable people that I'm like, once people get over the fact that it's not Jason, like, and they rewatch that movie just for what it is. Like that movie is so much more fun than 90% of the Friday the 13th sequels. <laughs> In in that realm, and I I mentioned that to go back to what I'm saying with Sleepaway Camp. Honestly, Sleepaway Camp one and two, both are just like these memorable characters and situations and stuff that you can't forget after you watch it. My my experience watching this movie was that I had heard about it. I'd heard about it on the internet. Um, so uh, Jason, you and I are about the same age. Um, so when I started getting into horror movies, the internet was a very new thing. Um, and I had two websites that I would go to for, for recommendations and it was badmovies.org and it was the video graveyard and the video graveyard hated sleepaway camp. I think they gave it one star, but they loved the sequel. I'm mildly on the spectrum. So I need to see things in the order that they release. So I was like, all right, I'm going to sit through sleepaway camp one before I watch sleepaway camp two. All of my video stores near me only had two and three. No one had Sleepaway Camp 1. And it wasn't until I was in college, uh, a friend of mine from high school posted a thing on Facebook or MySpace or whatever. And he basically just said, does anybody want my Sleepaway Camp box set? I bought this because I heard it was good, but this movie's garbage. And I messaged him (laughs) immediately and was like, how much do you want for it? And he's like, just take it. I don't want it in my home. So I showed up, grabbed it, went home. Put it in Sleepaway Camp 1, was enjoying it for the most part, having fun with it. We get to the iconic ending. Now, at the time, I was living in a house where I watched movies in the basement. I was usually, it's freshman year of college. I'm up until like three or four (laughs) in the morning most nights. I'm watching this movie. I'm in the basement. I have to go up the basement stairs throughout the entire home and then up another set of stairs into my bedroom. I probably pass about 30 windows. I had that fear after watching the movie that I would see Angela's face somewhere staring at me through any one of those windows. (laughs) It is such an unspeakably unsettling (laughs) face that they have her doing. Um, I would say I, I don't even know like how that face happens that I always remembered that that face that she had going on was just crazy. 
And yeah. it wasn't even about the dick. <laughs> no, the dick is the le- the least important thing. It's it's not even it's not even um Felissa Rose's face. Like Felissa Rose has a pretty wild, crazy face, but yeah. the mask that they made of her face, where it's yeah. almost like it's almost like a grave encounters ghost. <laughs> like it's dangling so deep, and like the eyes are popping open wide. It is just, it's just awkward and weird and creepy enough. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's the like, it's like the mouth. Yeah, it's, like, it, it's almost like, uh, it's like it's an unhinged snake mouth. Like it's I, so strange. Yeah, well, they made yeah, it. Yeah. Well, they made it ten times worse too because they put the, uh, you know, the I don't even know what it is. It's like an animal hissing sound. Like yeah. on top of it. So just the yeah. distance and the it's like, oh, God. Well, and the other thing about this movie is that I, I had the ending spoiled for me at some point. Like, but what I had read was the killer has a dick at mm-hmm. the end. And I was like, all what? right. So like I went into it knowing that I knew that like it was going to be this girl that happened to have a dick or whatever. I just thought it was like, oh, it's a hermaphrodite or something. The reality yeah. of what like. Like, there is so much to discuss and analyze that I am not willing to have the conversation about of how terrifying and fucked up and dark that ending actually is Mm -hmm. when they reveal, like, who Angela actually is and what actually happened. And, like, I remember we got an email. We did an episode on this, obviously, and we really, like, kind of went back and forth of, like, is this movie transphobic? Like it yeah. kind of feels like it could be. And we got an email from a trans listener who was like, I love this movie because in their mind, they're like, that represents my experience, but in reverse, like instead of being born, know. like she was like, instead of being born the gender that I didn't think I was supposed to be, <clears throat> it was someone born the gender they identify with forced to be the gender that they're not she's like so i actually found it really empowering empowering and heavy and like that she as a viewer really connected with with and empathize with angela like that's fucked yeah (laughs) i've actually i've actually never thought about it from that perspective because i think that the movie gets misinterpreted still to this day as transphobic and like you know when i when i watch it i'm like oh it's just a shocking reveal and then you listen to um like the documentary i watched today on youtube which is like a 45 minute uh interview with all the cast and the filmmakers it's like that wasn't their you know intention it was the shocking ending and like now looking at the movie in in 2023 or even back then when they made the documentary it's like no 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 we're accepting of of everybody and this was you know just in the movie but it's absolutely Pro trans, not nothing against it whatsoever. Yeah, no, well, it's it's in, very in, smart. In my opinion, I I really didn't feel like that it had. It, it was it was a twist to the story, but I really didn't feel like it had anything to do with it, other than just shock value. I I didn't feel like it really had anything to do with it. No, uh, I, I but I do I still to this day that flashback where the aunt that was like mm-hmm. goofy comic relief gives that speech and it gets <laughs> increasingly more unsettling the longer the speech goes on. I'm like, that's 
that's insane. Like there are things about this movie that I think are insanely effective and yeah. well done and well thought out in a way that like, again, I'm, I'm shitting on Birdemic a whole bunch, but like Birdemic <laughs> is a truly awful movie. Like yeah. it's a, like it's a truly like bad movie. I enjoy Birdemic because it has that they did the best that they could with what they had mm-hmm. attitude. So I guess more comparable would be like Sharknado. Sharknado is like my go-to you guys have all the money and resources in the world, but you're intentionally making something bad. And I just have like very yeah. little bandwidth for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> like, I think that's the, that. I think that's the almost the paradox with the movie too, is that we're talking about the shocking ending, but then you have it being delivered by aunt Martha, who is just <laughs> baffling in the way that her lines are delivered. Just stepped right out of a John Waters movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's, yeah, like it's, it is. it's such a John Waters character in this otherwise like kind of cliche eighties camp mm-hmm. movie. Um, I I have another. I have so many memories of watching this movie, and I, <laughs> I at the time that I like when I got into Sleepaway Camp, it was like I showed that movie to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember there was one random night we were hanging out in my friend's basement, and we we're like, "Oh, let's put on Sleepaway Camp." So we had on Sleepaway Camp. And one of my best friends uh, in a brief time at the peak of MySpace was in a unsigned pop punk band that was like constantly rumored to be the next big thing. Like, like they were playing all the warp Tour shows and bamboozled and like things just didn't work out. But for a really long time, that was the word on the street was like, you know, this band's going on tour with this group and they're opening for this band and like they're going to get signed and they're going to be like the big deal. Uh, and he happened to have, they were from Jersey. He was from where I live outside of Philly, but the band just happened to be in the area. And he's like, Hey, I'm going to come by with the band. If that's cool. And we're like, yeah, we just put on Sleepaway camp. <laughs> and when I tell you they walked in just as the movie was starting, the amount of times that they made us rewind and replay the <laughs> first, like two minutes of this movie where it was like the guy yelling, turn the wheel. We were like <laughs> cackling about that. And then just the random shot of Angela's dad's lover standing on the shoreline, just going, John, like we <laughs> were like, play the John part again. Like we could not stop playing that one word delivery over and over and over again. Oh, that's so awesome. They hide nothing right in the beginning. One, Like as soon as you see that opening boat accident scene, you know exactly what you're in for. And I actually think that that makes the, the death scenes and the end reveal even more shocking because you're yeah. again, wacky comedy. And then you just get thrown the, uh, what a scene I actually think is pretty creepy, but again, is humor followed immediately up with gruesome, which is Angela coming out at the bully under the boat. And he's yeah. just, you know, singing the, Hey, Bob, Bob. And then the head pops up and just drowns him. Yeah. Like, it's, Oh Jesus. There's, there's a lot something that I don't think enough people talk about with this movie as well is I actually think the opening credits is brilliant. Mm. Like just the constant panning to a completely deserted campground, but like with the sounds of camp happening in the background and that gentle music and like, then just landing on the like, you know, close permanently sign across and the amount of like, Oh, what happened? Like, it's just, it's, I, I yeah, don't it think it's cool. Yeah, I, as a kid, I didn't appreciate unique opening credits like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I talked about that. I know I've talked about this on horror movie night before um, a movie that I did not like when I saw it as a kid and now is in like my top 10 horror movies had my, probably my number one favorite opening credit sequence is like something like Funhouse. You know what I mean? That's just like this creepy circus music and just like random puppets and marionettes from inside the Funhouse just <laughs> doing their thing for a couple seconds before the next one shows up. And it's like, I'm sure as a kid, I was like, this is so boring. When's the movie going to start? But I'm like, the movie fucking started the second the credits started because yep. it's like letting you know these... The the fun house and the carnival is a character in this movie, and probably the most important character in the movie is the carnival and the fun house within it. Um, but you know, trying to explain that to like a seventh grader who just discovered <laughs> horror movies is like, I'm just like, I, okay, I saw the boobs in the first minute, and now these teenagers are just <laughs> hanging out talking for an hour. Like yep. you get you get frustrated and bored, and then like the monster shows up in the last like 15 minutes, and you're like, too late. I'm already I'm already <laughs> bored. Um now I mean now that's like I I went and saw that at a drive-through in a drive-in movie theater because I was like that's one of my I actually saw it was a triple feature. I left before the third feature because I was exhausted. <laughs> but it was Sleepaway Camp, The Fun House and Friday the 13th Part 7, which is actually one of my least favorite of the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when that started at 1 a.m., I was like, well, I could just go home. <laughs> so, Fair enough. I don't I don't blame you. And I actually but, I hope that uh, we I'm sure we'll get to Friday Part 5 somewhere down the road. If you want to come back and dissect that thing, that is actually my favorite Friday the 13th movie. And it's great. It's it is absolutely great. <laughs> It's great. And part six is, I mean, parts five and six are really the peak of that franchise as far as I'm yeah. concerned. <laughs> but but uh, we'll see. Like I said, uh, there's there's a Friday the 13th in October. And that's as far as I will say uh, for what's <laughs> in the plans of horror movie night. Oh, there we but, go. Uh... <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that's awesome. I know uh, Jason is uh, team Jason X for his uh, his favorite. He'll stand by that till the... <laughs> And I think that that might well. I, I think that might be one of my least favorites. Like, there's no, so many Jason good. X is so funny. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's there's good moments. I just think that there's a lot of filler in Jason. X. <laughs> so, but it... Jason, it, it, no, listen, like Jason X is terrible. <laughs> well, let yeah, me also like, clarify like, the last the same time. <laughs> the last time that I watched Jason X was. Uh, for a charity event one time on for, on Friday the 13th, I did a live stream watching all 10 movies in oh, order. <laughs> so coming off of Jason Goes to Hell at like 10 at night when I've been awake since 9, I had no bandwidth for the bullshit of that movie. <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> That's I so was, I was so over it. I should have just cut it at Jason Takes Manhattan. No one would have complained. <laughs> it's like no one would have been like, oh, he's he's tapping out too early. Like Jason Takes Manhattan, not a great entry in the franchise. I think it's better than it gets credit for it's in the franchise. <laughs> it's it's like dumb fun. Like I, yeah. I wish it was named something else because that tends to be the butt of all the jokes, <laughs> is like he never gets he gets right. to Manhattan in the last like ten minutes of the movie. Well, but I that's... actually Oh, go ahead, Jason. Uh, I was just going to say, that's why I love uh, Jason X. Yeah, um, I mean, they don't bury the lead on that one. He gets in space pretty quick. It's so it's so <laughs> dumb that it's fun. I think it um, helps and... to see some of those 
over the top movies in the theater too, though, because it gives you that surreal experience. I just got to see a few weeks back the Monster Squad on the big screen. Oh, it's uh, a great is, experience in the best which is another one that I found through the show and now I'm just like obsessed with but they did that first and then the company that does the double feature they do a secret double feature so no one knew what we were going to see and they advertise it as the kid friendly screening because before that it was Nightmare Part 2 and uh, uh, Return of the Living Dead so all adult movies and then they were like all right we're going to do the Monster Squad this is the kid friendly one I'm like oh I wonder what they'll play for the second double feature and for some reason they put on Houseu <laughs> right oh nice Mo- right after Love monster it. squad and i was like oh which i had never seen by the way and i'm so glad i saw that in the theaters it's, for the first that's time a, that's a delight um monster squad is wild to see in theaters because i don't think that there's ever been a truly properly released like widescreen version of it mm-hmm. um and there's like i remember watching that movie in a theater and there was like two or three moments in the movie where i'm like Oh shit. Like I like I saw things that I had never that is a movie that I had watched daily since I was like six. Like and like I, I just, remember the- I just loved uh what's his name? Vince. Uh like the cool guy that's Oh Rudy. Oh Rudy, yeah. Rudy, Rudy, yeah. Um, I may and- I may be working on a podcast soon with uh Sean and Rudy. So stay oh, nice. tuned on that. Um, well, um but yeah, just Rudy getting out of the back of the truck and uh, shooting the vampire <laughs> lady with the, uh, with the bow and Crossbow. arrow. Yeah. I'm in the <laughs> yeah, goddamn club, aren't I? Oh, such a good <laughs> oh, line. God, man. So good. But like, so the two things in monster squad that I always, that blew me away when I saw it on the theater, cause I never noticed this in my, in my many, many times watching it on a widescreen edit is if you remember in the beginning of the movie, when the little girl's afraid to like go to sleep and she like lights a candle for, her and she's like, as long as this candle stays lit, nothing bad can happen to you. Yep. And like right before Dracula blows up the clubhouse, she's like doing something in a bedroom and there's a candle by her and the candle goes out. And that's what makes her look over towards the clubhouse is the oh. candle going out. I have never okay. seen that candle until I saw it in theaters because it's cropped just far enough in the left bottom left corner that like most TV and like full screen edits completely removed it. Oh, wow. And the, uh, and the other one is that same scene when uh, when the husband comes running into the house and like tries to get the walkie talkie to contact Sean. When he runs into the house, there's a pile of luggage by the door implying that the wife is leaving like she's like had (laughs) enough she is like on the way out she's done so it's like man those are like two they're not like super crucial it doesn't change a lot of the plot per se but it's like like seeing those in a change the movie yeah yeah but like (laughs) seeing those in a theater i'm like man that does add like a like that's an it's like wow there's some extra layers to this um (laughs) Uh, well one of those one of those things um uh, when I saw Poltergeist in the theater, um, mm-hmm. I I did definitely notice, um, you know, all the Star Wars references. Um, but uh, there are a bunch of scenes where Spielberg puts in, uh, like action figures 
from Star Wars to like a, a Luke Skywalker action figure. Yeah. Um, that uh, that the little girl is chewing on, and um, you know all that all that kind of stuff. And there there's tons of them. And when you watch the kind of just a not the theatrical, um, but when you just kind of watch the the TV movie or you know, whatever, you don't notice that stuff. But yeah. when you see when you see it in the widescreen and everything, you're like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, which is so funny because yeah. I used to be, before I was like a serious film watcher, I was that guy that's like, oh, no, it's got those black bars at the top of the screen that ruin everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, like, used I, just, to, I, I used to not buy DVDs if I saw it said uh, the widescreen on it because I'd be like, nope. And, for, yep. and now, now it's you know, now it's whatever. But back then I'll be like, oh, no, I don't like the way this looks. I mean, I was one of the idiots. I was like, you get less of the movie that way. <laughs> like, no, you <laughs> actually get a lot more of the movie. <laughs> more of it. <laughs> well, I hope that yeah. uh, a local theater does uh, Sleepaway Camp one of these days, because I think people are still like, I still find Sleepaway Camp to be super underrated uh, yes. compared to everything else out there. And I think that, uh, like because the people I've shown to it'll be like, oh man, this movie's a lot of fun. It's actually creepy, and like they just get sucked in every single time. As do I every time I revisit it. I think after I watched it the first time, I watched it like three times, and it also helps that you go talk to Felissa Rose and like she she's is a just, sweetheart. She's a godsend, <laughs> and yeah. uh, she's one of the sweetest human beings you'll ever meet. Yep, yep, and uh, I mean, but it's I mean everybody stands by it. You know, they're like, oh yeah, it's cheesy, it's fun, but like. We put a lot of effort into it. And even watching that documentary, the director, Robert, w was uh, mentioning the mustache scenario. And he was like, well, yeah, he shaved his mustache off. We needed to figure something out. And then when he saw it on the big screen, he's like, I guess we didn't do that good of a job. <laughs> but like yeah. in the moment, he gave it no, his all, but, you know. <laughs> but that's I, I feel like it's those little things that make the movie extra memorable at the mm -hmm. same time. And I, I mean, honestly, I've said this before. I have as much fun watching part two. I think Sleepaway Camp 2 Unhappy Campers is such a fun, goofy, and like incredibly short. It's like 77 <laughs> minutes. Like such a nice, like quick watch, mm -hmm. which man, I, I had all the hope in the world for Return to Sleepaway Camp. I really wanted oh, Return yeah. to Sleepaway <laughs> Camp to be good. Like we're going to get all the cast back, the original director. And it's fine, but it's like I, I will say on on the second, well, not second, but probably like third, fourth, fifth watch of this. Um, but it's been a it's been a long time. Um, but watching it again, uh, it's uh, it is goofy. Um, but it's it's so good it's so <laughs> like, good the uh, child and, actors are and, really good in this movie like oh absolutely. they're like well, they're i was so gonna good. say like kind of the kind of the less is more yeah thing because i mean it, there are some gruesome or some bloody parts of it um but it, like especially with the um uh with the curling iron scene Oof. like you don't see what's happening like it's it's but not... you can imagine yeah and <laughs> it, yeah yeah it's it's you know what's happening and yeah. that's um... <laughs> and that what's impressive about that is that that particular kill 
it doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, boy, girl, or them, they, like, everybody has a reaction to when yeah. that scene happens. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. Every single person feels their whole body, like, twitch in discomfort. Because <laughs> like, it's just well, like, that's got to be the most hard thing. it's not even, like... Mm-hmm. It's not even hardcore implied. Like you just kind of, and they do it with a couple of the kills where it's kind of like you see shadows happening. So you kind of get the feel of what's going on. Yeah, they rely they rely a lot on the like the aftermath of the death to get the implication. We barely see the drowning, but we get his drowned face and a snake coming out of his mouth. We barely yeah, we see don't the... see what happens with the bees, but we see the like the stabbed up body from all the bee stings. Like, yeah, well, which and... is pro- which is probably my favorite practical effect. I do love the arrow kill, and I guess uh, in the documentary they said that they almost had a mechanism in like on his back to where they do the thing from the front, the arrow goes forward, and then from the back, the back side of the arrow just like pops up like a spring loaded mechanism. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, that's kind of clever, but it is still very, uh, <laughs> still very choppy. But something about an arrow to the neck, like right through where you're gonna talk, and him making that choking sound is like, oh god. Yeah, even like well, the chopped it, up it, kids it, when they find like the chopped up overnight campers in the in the woods. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Like you barely see anything, but it's like you just see enough blood on a couple sleeping bags that you're like, and you're watching. I think that that's more effective by the acting of Ronnie discovering them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like where he's like, yeah. oh, he's about to puke. Like it is horrendous what he has just seen. Like you're yeah. right, Jason. A lot of it is that the implication of the violence is so effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it, well, even I was going to say like, even the curling iron thing, um, I don't, I don't necessarily know that that would kill someone. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I mean, just the, but just the thought of it is so awful. <laughs> yeah, you're at you least going to go into into shock there, and I'm glad you mentioned Ronnie because Ronnie's probably my my favorite character in the entire movie. That's the Jason. Earlier, we were on the phone, and you were talking about the uh, the '80s wardrobe and the the you know the high short shorts. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> but but on top of all of that, it's that like north new york accent too mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's the one line i always i always remember him being a pretty good swimmer <laughs> like he just, that's like this, <laughs> that that's what i was gonna say is that <laughs> the accents are like the best part and everybody has one even little angela and uh little uh little peter at the beginning have accents and yeah one, they do <laughs> at one point one of them goes oh, is aunt martha bringing uh bringing ricky today <laughs> it's like man everybody went for it i think one of my favorite deliveries in the whole movie and it's one that i'll text my friend Alyssa on a regular basis is uh hey angela why are you so fucked up (laughs) (laughs) what what happened angela (laughs) yeah Yeah, why are you looney tunes over there (laughs) like it's just so (laughs) ridiculous and i another line that i always laugh at that's actually on the commentary track is that scene where where the kid who gets drowned is picking on Angela and Ricky <laughs> dives into action and they get into a fight. And Ricky walks into the they're like in this little like lounge area or whatever. And Ricky shows up with a big ass cowboy hat on. <laughs> and on the commentary track, he's just like, 
we uh we knew that he needed to slap something off of his head and we forgot to get a hat so we just found the first hat that we could find for the scene i'm so glad that you provided insight on that because what i took notes and one of my notes said why the hell is he wearing this giant ass cowboy hat yeah. and it's he's also because... they can do the what are you gonna do about it asshole and just yeah, smack the hat off. yeah he's like we realized we didn't have a hat for him to smack off I guess I guess the actor behind Ricky said he absolutely hated it. He's like, every time we did a take where they knocked it off, I was so happy to get that thing off my head because it just kept like blurring my vision and shit. Oh my god. It's it is such an enjoyable movie. And this is like one of the ones that still to this day I try to find excuses to make people watch it. Like mm-hmm. it's it's one where I'll like if I'm meeting someone fairly new. I'll like try to work it into casual conversation um, just for just in case they're like, oh, what's sleepaway camp? And I can be like, ooh, well, I have the Blu-ray right here. Let's watch it. Well, I hope that uh, the best segue you've had is that someone tells you to eat shit and die and you come back with eat shit and eat live. Eat shit and live. Dude, the <laughs> fact that in any other movie, in any other movie, if you put a five minute long baseball sequence in the middle of the movie, I'd be like, this fucking sucks. That baseball sequence is so enjoyable. To it watch. is. Like, um, so it's funny. Fun fact that I I learned when I got a chance to do I got to do an interview for Babysitter Killer Queen, the sequel to the Babysitter. Oh yeah. Um and one of the people I was interviewing was Ken Marino from the state and also one of the stars of Wet Hot American Summer. And I oh, asked wow, him wow. a question about a rumor that I'd heard forever. And I said, I heard that the movie Sleepaway Camp was a huge piece of inspiration for the look of Wet Hot American Summer. And he responded with, I didn't write or direct the movie, so I can't say for sure, but they did tell me to watch Sleepaway Camp to prepare for my character. <laughs> nice. All right. And if you think about his character in in Wet Hot American Summer, he's fucking Ronnie. He's got, he looks yeah, exactly he like yeah. Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's he awesome. The the original Wet Hot and uh, the remake that they did on Netflix, both oh, so of them good. were perfect. I love the, them so much. The the remade version of it that they put on Netflix, one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a TV show is has got to be when they bring back um Oh my god, I'm blanking on his name, but Niles from from Frasier, and he's literally just zooming oh, in yeah. from his from his home office with all of his like <laughs> Emmys and Tonys clearly present behind. Yeah, him. yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's and wild. just the way they work that in. It's so it's so funny. Those guys have like mastered the art of the anti comedy, and now like. I mean, I, I genuinely think that the state was the most game-changing comedy. Oh truth. God, I love the state so much. But it's like you look at you look at like Lonely Island and all of these these like people that are making these unique things when they're on SNL. They're all just kind of copying what the state was doing in the '90s, but in a modern yeah. lens. Um, to so- shamelessly promote another one of my podcasts, <laughs> uh, I do a I do a podcast called Weird Algorithm. That's mm-hmm. just about Weird Al. We're working through the entire history of Al's career. And we were lucky enough to have, um, and this ties back to Sleepaway Camp too, actually. We were lucky enough to have Paul Shear 
from How Did This Get Made on, and and arguably the oh, nice. How Did This Get oh, Made shit. episode on Sleepaway Camp is like one of the most iconic <laughs> discussions of this movie ever recorded. But um, we asked him about Human Giant because Human Giant was like very clearly in that same vein as like inspired by yeah. by the state and. We said, you know, as we're watching these, we can't help but notice that these early Al TVs remind us of Human Giant and the state. And he goes, well, that's because that was what we were all trying to recreate. Like we like he's like, <laughs> think about it. Like the guys in the state and me are about the same age and we absolutely love Weird Al. And we grew up watching Al TV religiously. And Al TV was unlike any other sketch comedy that was coming out of that time. So like why wouldn't we try to recreate that when given the chance? Like, yeah. And then, and then you got, you got the state. Um, and then, uh, you got Reno nine one one. Viva variety. Like, yeah, like all of them. Um, I love Thomas Lennon so much. Dude. Uh, Stella was like one of the most underappreciated uh, comedy central uh, shows. Stella like, was so good. <laughs> like, I think they got what like eight episodes before that got canceled. I was like, "This yeah, is yeah," but it was, they were they were brilliant. They're absolutely brilliant. It's that it's that bizarre anti comedy, and like now when I watch Sleepaway Camp, though, I see it every every character. I see like yeah, that's this character from What Hot American Summer, and I and <laughs> yeah. I'm bringing that up to go back to the baseball scene because I am almost positive that the <laughs> only reason why they do the bad news bears joke in Wet Hot American Summer is because of this random baseball scene yeah. in Sleepaway Camp. That's so true. Yeah, yeah the, more, the more you watch Sleepaway Camp, the scenes that are actually the most enjoyable is mostly just the kids cutting up. Dude, them throwing, <laughs> them, I laugh every time I watch Sleepaway Camp because there's something so funny about the water balloon fight on the tiniest roof <laughs> I've ever seen. Where I'm like, where is this even fun? Like, this is yeah. the smallest roof in history. <laughs> yeah, There's you're nowhere good. to hide. There's nowhere to go. You're just throwing water balloons at each other. Well, I love that <laughs> when they're trying to, like, dodge, they can only go, like, half a step to the right or to the left yeah. to be able to dodge it. <laughs> For how low budget the movie is, is to begin with, they are, like, it is a blessing that none of them slipped <laughs> and fell off that roof while shooting that sequence because you know that they didn't have, like, oh, yeah paramedics on site in case something bad <laughs> happens that's so true but it does give us that amazing uh one of the instances where ricky just goes on his cussing oh my god freakouts. no one cusses like ricky man he <laughs> is he's so good i love that they hit angela with that water balloon and she drops like she was shot in the face with a gun <laughs> like she she crumbles i was actually thinking um, about that she like literally curls into a ball on the ground like when she gets hit with the water balloon it's so crazy and then we also have to talk about um not meg meg's the camp counselor who's the bitchy actual girl that that uh, uh no it's uh judy judy, judy. Yeah. Uh, yeah and actually before so detestable the most like <laughs> literally like i've never wanted to slap a 12 year old harder than like Is... watching how judy treats angela throughout this movie and we were actually talking yeah, about that earlier we were we even, before we even got on to discuss this i was like how does home bitch look like she's 35 dude and she's supposed to, <laughs> she's supposed to be like She's supposed to be like, you know, maybe 15, 16, but she looks like she's like 30. <laughs> yeah. 
And I, yeah. I, I love Judy though. She's got so many good lines where she's playing volleyball and Angela's sitting on the bench. She's like, Hey, why does Angela get to sit there and talk to the boys and not play volleyball? What's she special? Yeah. Like, it's so like conniving. Dude, the <laughs> the so vitriol ruthless. in her face and delivery when she's like, it's a real carpenter's dream. <laughs> like you're Glad like, is oh a board God. and needs a screw. Oh my God. It's, yeah, and let's talk about the most disgusting but iconic line. Uh, I call them baldies. Oh my god! Uh, from the creepy, <laughs> yeah. creepy chef. There yep. is no death that is more satisfying than the minute that you just watch that dude's face slowly melt away. Absolutely. That I mean that that scene caught me so off guard. You know, and they go into the the walk in fridge basically, and then Ricky catches him, and it's just like, oh my god, this is. But again, the, his team already knows about this, and they're just like, <laughs> they yeah, just they're complacent it with it. Yeah, they're just like, huh, that's not right. <laughs> and then they do nothing else. There, let me see. Here, this is the one time I wish I had watched the movie to write down the quote. There is a speech from the paramedic when they're wheeling him out, and it's so over the top and dramatic, where he's just like every fiber of his body must just be screaming <laughs> at once dear god i can't imagine the pain <laughs> it's like, we already get it dude we watched you didn't need the you didn't need the doctor to monologue to us how much it sucks to have boiling water poured on your face i mean yeah we got the we got the gist of it from the bubbles coming out of his yeah out of his face yeah i mean there's so many good uh deliveries the cop whenever he does talk when he first shows up to investigate i told you i'll investigate like it's just weird inflections that just pop up left and right and it's like what human being talks like this yeah now it's uh i'm looking to see if there's any other good ones that made it into the imdb quotes there's shockingly a lack of quotes in here um that is shocking actually yeah there's not that many uh the only other one that jumped out at me in here that we didn't mention was paul Hey, Rick, wait until you get a load of Judy. <laughs> man, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah. always a good one. Yeah, that's right. At, yeah, that's right at the beginning. Um, and one he, that... he, uh, he pushes his chest up. Like, yeah. Saying, yeah, she's got some big old boobies. <laughs> yeah, it's. Well, one that and it made me laugh was from. He's uh... like 40. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one that actually got me for some reason was uh, one of the bullies, Kenny, in the in the rec hall, I guess they're like talking about asking Angela to the water and he's, they're like making fun of him. He's like, well, you go ask him. And she goes, I will. We may even get married one day. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 But I mean, Sleepaway camp is just so much fun every single time. And like, again, I think, you know, comparing it to something like Friday the 13th or a lot of the other slashers, you remember all the characters when you watch this, not just Felissa, but like Mel, the camp counselors, you know, also great. I, I stole you those times. I got him. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you just remember everything that you saw. And I also just noticed like, you know, it's a short movie. It's like an hour and a half. It wastes barely none of that time. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it utilizes it every off. second. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great movie. And again, Felissa Rose, you know, meeting her and hearing her talk about it. She still does that face, by the way, when you take pictures with her. <laughs> she'll she'll I, drop her I jaw, jaw down. Do that face again. Dude, look at, 
look it up. It's such a it's such a creepy face. Like I I don't know how she does it. She's got a lot of practice because she literally you're right, Kevin. It is like every single photo that is taken of her at a convention, she's rocking that face. Absolutely. Uh, the only other thing Good I had was her. like right out of the beginning with those opening credits that you talked about, Matt, for so like the older I get, the more I listen to a lot of horror scores when I'm trying to like focus or oh, work the or score something. is great for this movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. That swelling of the, the music and then just like, you know, getting quiet and then coming back up. This is one of my favorite horror scores and I've yet to be able to to track it down anywhere to be able to listen to it. But I, I love this score. Yeah, no, I, I'm in the same boat on that. <laughs> the score is good, but my favorite is still going to be uh, Fire in the Sky. But All right, I'll that accept is... that. I haven't listened to the Fire in the Sky one for a while. I remember the last like 20 minutes of that movie, though, being <laughs> iconically creepy. Oh, absolutely. It's, oh, dude, again, that movie, kind of... that movie will tear your head apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also was happy recently. I got the... Uh... I think my shirt's down here, but I got the Spookies uh, soundtrack Ooh. on cassette tape and vinyl as well, and that's one of my favorites as well. Horror scores yeah. with opening credits, man. Bring them back. Dude, the the absolute best. And there are, there's a couple of them that I'm just like, this is a really great great theme. I'm trying to remember what it was now. There was something that we watched recently for the podcast that was like a movie I'd watched a million times and I had forgotten how how memorable the uh the intro music was to me. I'm gonna actually try to see if I can scroll through what we recently put out episodes about. Um and oh, you know what it was? It was for our Patreon. Uh we did oh no, it was for the podcast. We did Jason and the Argonauts, which is like just barely a horror movie. But the <laughs> amount of times that I watched those old Ray Harry House in stop motion movies, the the intro music yeah, yeah, the intro music for Jason the Argonauts is great. That like, especially I I think my favorite part of the score is um when they're fighting uh the skeletons. Oh yeah, because it's got that like almost they're using like the xylophones and shit to give it that bony sound. It's yeah, yeah, it's very cool. No, and that's I mean that's uh. God, I'm blanking on his name. It's the guy who did all the Hitchcock's movies. Like it's it's not <laughs> just like some chump that they hired for for the score. It's like a legitimate beloved composer doing Jason the Argonauts. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I mean, do we have uh, any final closing thoughts for Sleepaway Camp? I feel like we've definitely. Well, uh, I will. I will covered say, it. To be honest. Um, I I was not looking forward to rewatch this one um, <laughs> but having rewatched it again um i did enjoy it uh and i understand why a lot of people love it and uh again that that ending scene uh <laughs> with that face uh, <laughs> I, I i i don't know what to say about it um not, I'm not right sure. there <laughs> I'm 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 still not sure why her having a dick has anything to do with it, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> shocking '80s reveal, man. <laughs> yeah, man, it, you had to you had to leave them remembering what they had just watched. So I did, I did I mean, find I, out in the I did find out in the documentary that uh, before they actually got a real person to stand there and be the 
the dick or stunt cock, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> they uh, they considered having Felissa Rose use a like a strap on. Yeah. And I was and like, so I was oh, like, right. she's 13. Let's yeah, not dude. do that. <laughs> that that's not cool. And thank God her her mom stepped in and was like, um, no. <laughs> and then uh, they got this oh. one college student to do it. And he put a mask on and I guess they gave him alcohol beforehand and he was crying and freaking out before doing it. So how old was she actually at the time? She was young. She was like 13, 14. She talks about um, in the documentary going to pieces the rise and fall of the slasher movie. She literally says, until I saw the premiere, I didn't know the ending of the movie. And she's like, my parents had to explain to me what the twist was. That had to have been so (laughs) surreal. And I guess uh, when the movie premiered, she brought her whole school class to go see it in the theater. I was like, really? (laughs) Uh, So I do a, not quite the same level, but uh, I do a podcast called One Hit Thunder with my buddy yes. Chris Fafalios, um, who was in this band Punchline. And probably the most noteworthy thing that Punchline has ever truly achieved was that their song is used in a party scene in Van Wilder 2, The Rise of Taj. <laughs> and uh, and he was telling me the story, uh, the band, he was on tour with the band Valencia. And the movie came out while they were on tour, so they made valencia go with them to see the movie just to hear their song and he goes and it was literally an empty theater but the four of us and the four guys in valencia and then by the time our song showed up there was only like 10 minutes left in the movie so we're like well we might as well finish it at this point (laughs) (laughs) that's dedication right there that's awesome (laughs) well i mean that's our that's our discussion on uh Sleepaway Camp. Matt, thanks for uh for joining us. I actually just had a couple questions to throw your way because we've talked a lot about your your work with podcasting. Uh so I wanted yes. to touch on some of that before we go. Um so I know that, you know, Horror Movie Night's been going at it for, you know, 9 years now, but you mentioned, you know, several other podcasts. I also need to give a shout out to uh, a few of my faves. Always loved uh, my favorite episode of uh Yeah. <laughs> uh disneydo every time there's a new episode that comes out when you guys can get to it always love that and roaring 20s <laughs> wow you so all of the all the, the... Dead ones. it's <laughs> are... so fun i was so i do merch for punchline and punchline played this huge festival like two weeks ago and i was doing merch for them and it was like like literally the punchline played this was the list this was the lineup of bands that played after punchline like immediately after punchline Punchline played, then Ameri- then American Football, then Streetlight Manifesto, then Alkaline Trio, then The Interrupters, and then the <laughs> Gaslight Anthem like wrapped up the show. Um, so <laughs> I'm sitting there, uh, I'm sitting there at the merch table, and this one guy walks up. He's like, "You're Matt Kelly, right?" And I said, "Yeah." And he goes, <laughs> "Hey, man, huge fan of One Hit Thunder and Horror Movie Night, but I got to tell you." When are there going to be more episodes of my favorite episode of? And I'm like, what? Everybody, literally, as we were wrapping up, uh, Kathleen was just texting me because uh, Kathleen from my favorite episode of has a podcast called Binge Town. I just hooked her up with a guest uh, that they oh, just sick. finished interviewing, and she was like, "Oh my god, they were so good!" Like, <laughs> it's I, I'm still friendly with everybody that I do those shows with. Brooke from Disneydo and Roaring Twenties is like legitimately my best friend we pretty much text every day. So uh, yeah, there's a bunch of those shows. Um, well, I forgot, to shout, the... I forgot to shout out one that I know is still going that I absolutely love. 
And I think it's one of the most unique podcasts out there. Christmas 365, you and Dylan kill yeah. it over there. Christmas 365, uh, we're actually going to be recording two episodes tomorrow morning because I am out of episodes to release. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I actually made Dylan watch a VeggieTales Christmas special, so I'm very excited <laughs> to have to talk about that. Um, nice. And then <laughs> and then uh, the only other two really that are worth shouting out that I didn't try to find a way to subtly mention in conversation <laughs> um, before my time with Gelsey Laurie, yes. uh, which I do with my friend Gelsey, is a fun little deep dive into just like black and white movies and retro music and uh unexplainably blowing up this month i don't know why uh white people problems uh an oc yes. recap podcast uh myself and joe farron from fright school it's the oc is joe's favorite tv show i've never seen it so we're watching <laughs> it together and uh discussing it and uh it's great and i want to give a quick shout out to a show that i have nothing to do with but i literally think it's the best podcast that no one is listening to so i try to shout it out on every podcast that i go on <laughs> 91 donkey lane oh my god um, yes it's uh my friends robert bacon and nate lopez they're two improv comics from uh the chicago and boston areas and they just do a podcast where they live in a magical apartment and different improv comics come in and play different weird magical creatures that happen <laughs> to wander into the vortex that is their apartment. <laughs> and it is so goofy and weird and fun. I actually just posted on TikTok the other day. Uh, Robert Bacon was on a dating <laughs> show in 2017 and his intro video is like the funniest shit I've ever seen. So I, I shared he, that on TikTok yesterday. He is one of the funniest people that you guys get on Horror Movie Night. Like, I he, crack up every time. <laughs> he is a legitimate triple threat of a human being because he is funny. He is insanely in attractive. Yeah. And he is also, like, very good at acting. Like, he is a legitimate yeah. good actor. I'm like, <laughs> dude, once, like, this guy gets even the tiniest break, he will be too famous to be friends with any of us. Like, he's <laughs> just, it's not fair. Um, but remember, I love what you guys are doing well, over here with Midnight Terrors too. Like this. Oh, well, thanks, man. It's funny. Um, I've never seen the OC, but Phantom Planet is like one of my favorite bands. It's a good, um, such a good band. Like such an incredibly good band. I love. Uh, I love Jason Schwartzman. Um, he's so freaking funny. Rushmore is one of my favorite movies. His side project um, was great too. Was it? Was it Coconut Records? Was it? What was the um. Oh, fuck, I can't remember. After he quit Phantom Planet, he did like a side band. And I want to say it was like Coconut Records or something. It was that so sounds, good. That sounds correct. Um, but I don't know for sure. Um, but I, I loved Phantom Planet and I just love him. I love Rushmore. And <laughs> I've been dying. I've been dying to watch um, uh, Asteroid City. Dude, same. Uh, this This like summer was so packed with movies I wanted to see and I, I didn't see any of them. I'm trying Friday. I really want to try to get out there and see the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Cause I hear it is like nothing short of stunning. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's great, but you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a crazy year, but it's about to slow up, man. Um, Very much. So yeah, we got, <laughs> we got our strikes going on. So we're well, fucked. The, um, the, but... the full effect has never been clearer than the other day when I was like, oh, I wonder what's coming to Netflix in, in the next month. If you look at the Netflix release <laughs> schedule for the month of September, it is a new season of Love is Blind and everything else is like 
random TV shows and movies from other countries. Like they are, <laughs> yeah. they have, they are officially tapped on like their narrative <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah. It's, the, it's like, this the, is rough. <laughs> for the <sure>. only <laughs> good thing that I'm happy about is that Ahsoka, uh, got out um and it came out today uh oh, so nice. I, yeah so i definitely want to watch ahsoka because i'm a huge star wars fan yeah um, no that's uh so. that's probably gonna be tomorrow morning for me um, yeah, but, yeah. So, <laughs> looking forward to it but but yeah, well, we're, yeah. we're we're all kind of fucked movie wise for a while <laughs> <laughs> but you know what here's the thing great time to get caught up on classic movies that you've never watched like maybe sleepaway camp Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> or to listen to uh, podcasts, which uh, yeah, Matt has to... plenty of plenty of good ones out there. And I was going to ask you, uh, Matt, with doing all these shows and being at it as much as you have, and even starting a company we know podcasting about helping people with podcast consultation. What is it about the format that that keeps you going to podcasts and that you gravitate to? So I wanted to be a filmmaker. That was that was like my dream since I was like five. <laughs> And Same. and the <laughs> problem that I had with filmmaking was that I am a perfectionist, not immediately, but if given too much time to think about something, I will overanalyze it and then realize that it's not ready. Uh, so filmmaking always became really tough because it's such a long process of like writing, rewriting, filming, editing that I would always within the writing stage i would just rewrite the script a million times because it was never quite right and i had too much time to think about it in pre-production um so i never got a movie made but with podcasting when i first started podcasting i would just record it and release the audio raw like unedited that was the way i started and it was it like helped me get over that fear and uh what i've learned I still would love to make some movies. I have like three or four movie ideas that I really like that I want to one day make. But at my core, I realized that I wanted to make movies because I wanted to connect with people. I I wanted to I wanted to do something similar to like when I watched Garden State for the first time, or when I saw Clerks, or when I watched any of these movies, um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, even a lot of the teen flicks, like these movies that just spoke to me at a time where I needed to to feel like I wasn't the only person that was feeling, you know, numbness or depression or lonely or any of those things. Um, and I thought, well, film's the best way to do that. Film, film or music. That's the way you reach people uh, because podcasting didn't exist back then. And I found that like, no podcasting probably gives me even more of a chance to reach out to an audience. And, and the, you know, I always say like horror movie night, at its core is just dick and fart jokes about a horror movie. <laughs> but like <laughs> the amount of emails that we've gotten from people that are like, Hey, you know, I was going through a divorce and your show was like the only thing that kept me holding on <laughs> like during that dark time. Or uh, when my brother was our co-host, the amount of people who would write to me about like how they lost their sibling and that they feel reconnect it with their lost sibling when they listen to the show and hear how Brian and I are like, you know, that, that was stuff that was never in the plan. <laughs> it was never something I expected. And, uh, you know, just building those relationships with people, like having people come up and talk to me about whatever, like I will never get sick of hearing that people like a thing that I made. 
Um, well, you and, know, and, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 um, no that's fine. But, um, but uh, I, I think, but between myself and Bucky, like I, I feel the same way. Um, we, we did not come into this thinking that it was going to be anything. We were just going like, Hey, let's just have some fun. We're going to do this anyway. And, you know, let's have a good time. Um, and you know, um, you know, you, you just mentioning, you know, people that have lost siblings, you know, I lost my brother too. Um, and and Kevin's, Kevin's been, uh, you know, a big support to me and just, you know, a lot of fun or somebody that I could talk to and he is my brother. Um, and we just have, we, we have a lot of fun doing this and that's, that's all we wanted to do is, is just have some fun. And if somebody listened to it, great. If somebody didn't listen to it, all right. (laughs) But there's, there's something that's really comforting to me too. And this is going to be real fucking morbid, but, but hear me out on this. God forbid if something happens, God forbid if I step off on the wrong curb one day and it's all over, there's something that I love about the idea that I will exist for eternity in podcasts. So like my loved ones and my friends can always hear my voice again, or they can, uh, you know, pass who I was down to like their kids or grandkids or whatever. Like, like this is eternal. Like my, the, the human that I am now, and I'm so glad it's the person I I am in my 30s because the person <laughs> I was in my teens and my 20s kind of sucked. Like <laughs> like this the stuff that exists out on the internet for anybody to digest is is me at my best. It's it's me at my most caring. I was, I was having a conversation with my girlfriend the other day, and I was talking about how I I go to Starbucks every single day. I get the same drink. Every barista knows my name, and we were talking about something, and I said like. Yeah, you know, like I know all their names. I know what they're going to school for. I check in with them. I follow them on Instagram. I celebrate with them when I see like, oh, it's their birthday. And I make sure to wish them a happy birthday when I walk in. And she's like, well, don't you think that they have friends or family members that that also already do that? And I said, well, they well, probably you don't know that. I was, and that's what I said. I said, they probably do, but I don't know that for sure. And, and mm-hmm. if I can... If I can very easily show them five minutes of compassion when I walk into that door, like, why wouldn't I? And yeah. that was not the way that teenage or 20 year old Matt Kelly thought. So <laughs> like, I'm very I'm very yeah. glad that, like, if there's going to be a part of me that lives forever, it's probably me at my most like Mr. Rogers kind <laughs> levels. Um, well, I think yeah. that uh, well, I think that's what's what I gravitate to with podcasts as well is that especially my favorite ones like horror movie night. I feel like it's a conversation where like I'm listening, but I feel like I'm in the room and like horror movie night was actually the second podcast ever that I ever found. That's amazing. (laughs) I listened to one called lead singer syndrome with the singer of Silverstein, which was like an interview podcast. But then horror movie night was the first one I found that was just friends talking about a movie, but also bringing in those elements, like you said, of just like, real conversation about pop culture and you know just he's gonna gonna blow you for a few minutes and it's okay that's all right (laughs) someone's gotta yes right (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know it's like it was the first podcast i found that was like oh wait like 
normal people outside of a famous band do this and like they yeah. make it they make it a thing and like people can connect to it and like me speaking from a personal standpoint i'll get sappy for a second yeah. 20 so i found horror movie night in late 2017 started listening got really into it as 2018 went on 2019 i went through a rather dark time me and my family were going through a ton of stuff and a lot of times horror movie night was what i went to when i needed a when i needed a laugh so Aww, I would throw the show I on and I would just absolutely crack up or, you know, think about film or, you know, just listen to you guys talk and shoot the shit for, you know, 30 minutes on an episode. So, uh, yeah. you know, I got to I got to say uh, thank you for that. I think it was also during that time you guys did one of my favorite episodes on Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation. That was when we knew Kyle had to become a more regular part of the show. That was he loved that movie so much. um yeah no i mean it's i won't lie it's a lot easier to do podcasting full-time if you are the lead singer of a famous band that's true (laughs) it's a a lot harder when you're just a loser in uh the suburbs of philly that just has too much time (laughs) that's that's i mean we're right there with you we're just two dudes in south carolina that just like decided we were gonna we were gonna do this but it honestly led to you know, we thought we would just talk to ourselves and maybe our family would listen, but we yeah. got on Instagram and social media. And like just two nights ago, we know two horror authors. Now we're like, all right, let's talk about the movie reanimator. And yeah. like, it just turned into a movie talk, but also us just bullshitting for three hours. And it was fantastic. That So I would say that's the other big thing that I love about podcasting is like, I made a reference to veggie tales. If you know what veggie tales is, this will be no shock oh, to yeah. you that I grew up in a very church, <laughs> atmosphere um, my father so, is a minister so <laughs> so my favorite band of all time since i was 13 years old is five iron frenzy i've loved five iron frenzy since the second nice. i heard them um and i remember being being a talentless wannabe musician thinking you've got to get better at music because you need to befriend five iron frenzy if you had told me that i would have three of the members of five iron frenzy's personal phone numbers because they were horror fans or because they were podcast fans and they listened to my shows and wanted me to help produce other shows for them. Like it just podcasting really has opened up so many doors for me in ways that I like never could have imagined like friendships with really cool people. Like, you know, I said earlier, like I I'm in the, in the talks right now of doing a show with the monster squad. Like I want it to be in the monster squad <laughs> since I was five years old. And now I'm in a documentary about the monster yes. squad made by the stars of the monster squad. Like, like it's just, there's so many weird can't wrap my head around how it was possible for things to get here. And even, even when I try to think of it even deeper, I'm still like, no, it still doesn't make sense. <laughs> like it doesn't <laughs> like it. It shouldn't have played out. It shouldn't have worked out. Um, but that I'll I'll say this. Uh, you know, I recognized your name when you reached out to me, Kevin, uh, because you've been very involved in horror movie night. But I I made a a promise to myself a long time ago that anytime that I ever wrote to someone who I looked up to and I heard back from them, it meant the world to me. And when I was, uh, you know, first dipping my toe into podcasting, I didn't know what I was doing, and I was kind of flying by the seat of my pants. Um, A lot of the early interviews that I got to do, even though the audio was, like, almost unlistenable, like, meant the world to me that, like, I was able to get 
George Hardy from from Troll 2 to do a podcast interview or Mink Stoll from all the John Waters movies to like talk with me. Um, so I always made a promise to myself that if if anybody ever reached out to me because <laughs> they were into the shit that I was making, I owed it to at least write back. And if they wanted me to do a podcast, I would figure out the best of my ability on how to be a guest on their show. So, uh, I mean, thank you for thank you for giving a shit, I think, is what it comes down to. Thank you for giving a shit about this stuff that really isn't that important, but like is to so many people yeah. <laughs> like yeah, i never absolutely. like i never try to lose sight of that i never try to sure. try to lose sight of like i'm not re- like i'm creating things but like anybody can hop onto a microphone and talk about a horror movie anybody can hop onto a microphone and basically regurgitate what a wikipedia page for a one-hit wonder told them like what makes people come back is making people feel loved and cared about and appreciate it and i've always always tried to focus all of my energy in into that piece of it um because i don't know people remember the bad experiences that they've had with people they once looked up to oh yeah. and i never <laughs> want that to be the circumstance for me i never want someone to look back and be like he seems so nice in that podcast but when i reached out to him he was a total dick like <laughs> no and i no. and i i appreciate it i appreciate you taking the time to to jump on here and you know again it's you know full circle because second podcast I ever listened to favorite podcast for the last six years and definitely a big influence on starting this show with Jason. So having, having you on here to, you know, to talk a, about a movie that, that your show introduced me to is just like literally living the, the dream. Yeah. But I did, but I did learn a lot about what we do on here and like my craft with podcasting from just listening to you guys and hearing you, you know, throw out the tips on doing it. So that's, I got to say, thank you for that. Watching movies is the best film school sometimes. Like, so, well, and you know what? You know what, man? Like, it's it's cool. We've said this a million times on our podcast. Like, if five people listened or five million people listened, like, we didn't care. Yeah. Uh, we, we were just in it to have fun. Um, the and... second that you try to do something to be successful and famous, you've already kind of cut your legs off a little bit. Like, it, <laughs> Yeah. If you're not doing something, I've always said I will. I I feel like the luckiest man in the world. Do I make a billion dollars or whatever? <laughs> no. Am I able to pay my mortgage and my bills doing a thing that I absolutely love every second that I'm doing it? Yeah, I do. Like, and I <laughs> well, and I know and, there and are so many people who don't get to say that. Like, so. Well, I for us, I mean, that. it's it's just like the amount of people that we get, like such as yourself or other podcasts or the amount of like followers that we've gotten and everything like that. We're just like, dude, we did not expect this like by any means. Um, but we just enjoy doing it. And it's something that, you know, a couple of, you know, couple times a week or, you know, whatever. It's just like, Hey, let's just have fun and talk about some bullshit um, <laughs> that we love. And, and yeah. that's, that's what yeah. we do. And now we've and been doing it for just over a year, year, and we we just announced our first live podcast event. And nice! Like we're going to a we're doing a con appearance for the first time. So like we went in we went in with no expectations, and now we're just doing all the stuff that like in my head just felt like a like a dream. And we've had filmmakers and you know actors that we admire on here, and it's just like turned into this big family. I love that. 
I love that. And podcasting is truly, I, I've found that podcasting is the best of all of the entertainment families. Um, a lot of the other stuff, it can be cutthroat, but I don't know that many podcasters who, especially if they're all on kind of the same level that aren't willing to like share how to do things and help out each other and, and stuff like that. Like it's, it's a very approachable community. Um, yes, and and We've made so many friends that uh, that we honestly we we call them friends and 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 we are friends. Um, but people that uh, now Bucky's met a lot more of them in person than I have. Um, but uh, you know, just you know, we have this connection and uh, we have this banter, and you know, we just enjoy. You know, we've got like group texts and just playing with each other all day and, you know, just laughing and just having fun, man. And it's 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 just insane. And and we love it. It's it's great. We do. Yeah, we you're do. doing great work, guys. I love it. I love it. And I can't wait to come back and force you guys to watch something really shitty so I can get back at uh, Kevin for <laughs> Boogeyman, too. Yep, I'll I'll be ready for it. We'll do maybe we'll do Friday part five, and then you can we can you can torture me with something. It'll be full circle that way too. But uh, Matt, uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you, uh, real quick, I think we plugged everything. But the last thing I wanted to ask you about horror movie night. If someone's looking to get in the show, because you know nine years of episodes under your belt, is there an episode of horror movie night that maybe it's in recent memory or over the last few years? Is there an episode of horror movie night? that you would say you are most proud of, or you're like, you listen back and you're like, and this is like peak horror movie night. We were at the top of our game uh, or a place that you would recommend that somebody start maybe. So I feel like I do these best of episodes and in my head, I'm like, this is great. This is an entry level for anybody. Um, and then I listen back to them like, man, this is like all inside baseball. No one knows what the <laughs> hell is happening if they haven't heard our show. Uh, so, I mean, if you want to try listening to the best of episodes. Like, I guess that's an option, <laughs> but if you want to get to intimately know the vibe of the current cast of characters that we have, which is myself, Scott and Kyle, um, you should definitely check out the metamorphosis episode, uh, metamorphosis, the alien factor. Uh, I won't spoil okay. why I love that episode, but man, that episode is one of my absolute <laughs> favorites. Uh, and then if you want just the, pure chaos of when it's the three of us and our old co-host Brian uh who who will be back one day um our lost boys episode is the most <laughs> off the rails like i think we talk about the movie for maybe 5 minutes and the rest <laughs> it's like one of our longest episodes we just get so caught up in nonsense because Brian <laughs> is just like firing on all cylinders putting us in different directions um that episode's one that when i do the best of i listen back to every episode and that one i almost well, that just put the whole episode up i was like <laughs> i just want to i want the best of to just be the lost boys episode again <laughs> like, oh i mean brian has had me like in tears laughing where i've had to like hold in my laughter at my at my work and uh i won't give away anything about the metamorphosis episode either but i just remembered why <laughs> I think I know what you're referring to with that. Yeah. And it is uh it is very good stuff, but I mean 
you yeah, know, again, he's like the funniest person I've ever met. The quick wit that he has is like, I'm so jealous because, <laughs> yeah, he he killed. There's like times where I like you get the edited version. I if I didn't edit those shows, I would just be laughing in the background the whole time. <laughs> I love it. Well, it's again, it's a fantastic show and I always look forward to new episodes and hopefully one day we'll get to uh, we'll get to get Kyle and Scott on here. I love to talk to uh, both of them. Big fan of both of their work. So. Um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll mention it to him. I'll say I had a great time on Midnight Terrors. <laughs> you guys should uh, should check it out. Awesome, man. We appreciate it. Well, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. Um, you want to plug your socials where everybody I know you have like a link tree that lists your podcast that might be an easy yeah. way to find what you're working on. I'm not on as much social media as I used to be. Like my Facebook is mostly kind of fairly private. Um, I mean, it's public. Anybody can find it. You just have to figure out which of the thousands of Matt Kelly's in the world <laughs> I am. But uh, at St. Mort on Instagram. Um that has my link tree link in there with all the different shows and whatnot. But uh, yeah, just check that out. I do a live stream every Thursday. Well, I try to do a live stream every Thursday with my friend, Ashley Victoria Robinson. Um, I usually post about the different shows that we're working on. I also direct everybody to Geekscape, geekscape.net. It's the podcast network that I am the uh, head of content for. Um, so pretty much all of the shows have <laughs> been, for the most part, hand-selected by me to a certain extent. Uh, and that's where you can find literally everything. Um, if you just search Geekscape in any podcasting app, it should bring up all of the shows. So, uh, yeah, very cool. Fantastic. All, all of all of those. Thank you so much again for for letting me talk about a favorite movie of mine, and then <laughs> of you know, course, letting man. you guys give me uh, showering me with praise for twenty minutes was, was very humbling. <laughs> oh, that's what, what we what we well, do, man. We're a, we're a love fest here, but we appreciate your time. And I can't recommend the horror movie night Facebook group enough because, man, that is what oh, the guys... friendliest horror community on the internet. <laughs> yes, yes, the amount of awesome people that I've gotten to talk to and discuss different horror movies that are in the theater or that I just watched is fantastic. So you guys have a really awesome community going on over there. Yeah, no, they're great. And they're very good at like policing that group for us. Yes. Like, like I, every once in a while, someone will come in and be a real douchebag. And before we <laughs> even have to kick them out, they've already been bullied out of the group by like right. a thousand, <laughs> a thousand very like, united listeners of the show <laughs> oh it's so. fantastic but yeah everybody well, go check we, out we really appreciate you coming on to the show yes absolutely. Um, thank you for thinking of me absolutely and, uh, i'm a fan and of course uh bucky's your biggest fan and uh he'll 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 get at your dick a little bit later um <laughs> Slide into the DMs, I guess. Listen, yep. I got to get to bed soon, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got you, man. We got you. Well, we appreciate you, Matt. Everybody listening, please go check out Horror Movie Night and all of Matt's podcasts. He's a great guy, putting out a lot of great content, and uh, it's an honor to have him on here. So thank you, Matt, again, for coming on. That's it for the Midnight Terrors podcast. Uh, be sure to ch check out SC Horror and get your tickets to that to come say what's up to us. Check out our Facebook for the live event at Oak Road Brewery that we just announced. And, uh, you know, get in touch with us on all our socials, Midnight Terrors Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com. And Jason, what the hell's the name of the show? It's called the Midnight Terrors Podcast, bitch. <laughs> yes, it is. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We love you all. Peace. Peace.